So much happened over the weekend for the New Jersey Devils that I need to discuss it in this episode ASAP. And it's going to be very important going into our next game against the Ducks because there's a lot of things that I took away from this past weekend because we were able to get three out of four points. But, you know, like I said, we couldn't get the full four points, but we'll take what we could get. And uh, there was a lot of positive takeaways, but there's also a lot of negative takeaways that I want to discuss. So what are they? We have a lot to discuss in this episode. Buckle up. Your Locked On Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're Locked On Devils, Trey Matthews. Alrighty now, what is up New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, college hockey play-by-play announcer, and once again, Devils writer for Pucks and Pitchforks, Trey Matthews. That's right, that's my big announcement. If you missed my Twitter post yesterday, I informed you all that I will be working for Pucks and Pitchforks. They are a part of Fansided, and I once again will be covering the New Jersey Devils. As some of you might have already been aware, I stopped working at the Hockey Writers, but I am once again uh, proud to be covering the New Jersey Devils on a another platform once again and it's been a few weeks since I said uh, Devil's Rider for so and so but I'm excited for the new opportunity I'm ready to get to work and uh, keep an eye out for my uh, latest article for Pucks and Pitchforks so once again Devil's Rider for Pucks and Pitchforks and it feels so good to say that I must tell you now if you missed my last episode I talked to Hunter Hodes of Locked On Penguins and we talked pregame notes in terms of what we could expect from the New Jersey Devils and the Pittsburgh Penguins game on Saturday And that's not it. Uh, The New Jersey Devils had a game against the Columbus Blue Jackets, and it was a tale of two games. So we had one game in which we were extremely lucky and another game that we were extremely unlucky. But, you know, I guess that's what happens when you play on Halloween. So uh, going back to Saturday's episode, I made my prediction. I believe I said the New Jersey Devils would come out victorious against the Pittsburgh Penguins by a score of 4-3 to because I said my main X factor was that this was going to be Sidney Crosby's first game playing this season after coming off of wrist surgery. And I just said, okay, Sidney Crosby, he's one of the greatest of all time, yes, but it's going to take a minute before the Pittsburgh Penguins, you know, readjust to just uh, integrating him back into the lineup. So I said that might take a game or two for them to just, you know, get back to full strength and just get back uh, into some sort of rhythm of him just being back. And so that's why I said the New Jersey Devils might have a chance to win that game. And lo and behold, I was correct. Albeit the Penguins did strike first, but it's not how you start. It's how you finish. And also Jonathan Bernier returned for us, and he played against the Penguins. And that was key as well. I said if Jonathan Bernier is good to go against the Pittsburgh Penguins, I said we then I, I think we have a better chance of winning that game. So if you hadn't checked out that episode, please give it a listen. Now, we obviously have a game against the not-so-mighty Ducks tonight. However, I'm not really going to be talking about the game per se. I'm more going to be talking about the stuff that's going to be led into that game. As in, there was a lot of stuff that happened over the weekend. There's a lot of stuff that I want to address. And I think it kind of does play a factor into our upcoming matchup. And I want to talk about X factors, who needs to step up, who's been a disappointment so far. But I also want to talk about the good things. Uh, Like I said, it was a tale of two games this past weekend. We had a game that went our way and another game that didn't really go our way in terms of just Uh, catching the wrong break at the absolute wrong time. So, you know, like I said, I guess that's just what happens when you play on Halloween. So I guess the the first thing I want to start off with is the injury update. So 
Uh, Mackenzie Blackwood, I revealed in the last episode, uh, he's still recovering from his heel surgery. He's still rehabbing. He revealed that he would not be ready to play against the Pittsburgh Penguins, and then I ultimately assumed that he would not be uh, ready to go against the Columbus Blue Jackets either, so I just said, okay, uh, he'll probably play sometime this week. Maybe not against the Ducks, because like I said, it's pretty late at the time of this recording, and I haven't heard anything so far, so I don't think he's ready to go just yet, but I am expecting Mackenzie Blackwood to make his return this week. Now, let's talk about Jack Hughes and his injury update because it is way worse than what I thought. So, uh, I actually mentioned it in the last episode, and Hunter and I kind of make this a focal point in our crossover. I said that Jack Hughes is going to be out for at least five more weeks with a dislocation of his shoulder. And the New Jersey Devils were basically saying, oh, it's not so bad. It's He has no structural damage. I'm just like, okay, cool. So he'll be out for like maybe a week or two, and then he'll return, and everything will be just fine. Ugh, nope. Everything always turns out worse than it actually is, doesn't it? In some circumstances. I'm not trying to be a, a pessimist or anything, but in in this uh, instance, uh, I think we can all agree, we anticipate Jack Hughes to be out for some time, maybe not this long, and apparently Miles Wood is even worse because we don't have a definitive update on Miles Wood's condition. I don't know how it goes from bumps and bruises to now uh, we basically won't see Miles Wood until 2022 or somewhere around that time, so it's going to be a while before we see Miles Wood once again. So The main question I had for the New Jersey Devils is, who's going to step up? Like, Who's going to take that leadership role? I was pointing my eye at like maybe Nico Heizer because you know I, I Nico Heizer is the leader of this team. But the thing about Heizer is like you know he's kind of gone a little silent, and you know he's had his moments. I'm not. I'll give credit when credit is due, but. For the most part, I think we're all anticipating something a little bigger from Nico Heizer. Now, I, I will say this. He was robbed of an opportunity against the Columbus Blue Jackets game, and he wasn't the only one in that regards. Dougie Hamilton was also robbed of a couple scoring opportunities. The same could be said for Thomas Tatar. Now, Dougie Hamilton did end up scoring in that game, so I guess it's not really that big of a deal. But the one thing I was seeing from Hamilton was that he had a golden opportunity in OT. Unfortunately, he couldn't get the backhander past uh, Corpusalo, and I got give credit when credit is due. Corpusalo was just a man on fire that game. Like he was able to defuse some of our attacks and especially in period number 2. And even though we did end up scoring 3 goals on him, uh, Corpusalo was able to just keep the game in control and keep giving his team a chance to uh, remain in it and, you know, prevent it from getting worse because there were at times when the Devils were in attack mode and I just said, I can't blame the offense in this regards. I, these are just great saves from Corpusalo and it's just not working for us. Like, we have great offense, but Corpusalo is just playing better defense. So I just want to say that uh, first and foremost. So Heizer was robbed of a goal, but going back to Nico Heizer, it's just like, you know, he's appeared in seven games. He has one goal, two assists for a grand total of three points so far. That's not really the production we kind of need from our captain. We kind of need him to step up a little bit more. But, you know, I will say this. Heizer is coming back from a major uh, series of injuries last season. So maybe it's going to take him some time to adjust. But so far, I'm not really seeing that production from Nico Heizer. And, uh, you know, there's a few other Devils players that are struggling as well. So we could talk about the 
lines pairings of uh, Kwokinen and Sharon Govich because they're no longer a line combination anymore. Both of them have been moved down to the bottom six. So Yanni Kwokinen is on the fourth line, and then you got uh, Igor Sharon Govich on the third line because they're not really producing uh, at the level we need them to produce at. So it, it goes to show you how vital Jack Hughes was because I, I've been having this discussion before. I said it seems like Sharon Govich can handle himself uh, without Jack Hughes, but albeit that was during the preseason, but I don't think we anticipate for Sharon Govich to get off to this slow of a start. Like, I'm just expecting a little bit more from Sharon Govich. So, you know, we'll, we'll talk about this more in a future full-length episode, but for right now, I'm, I'm just giving you a list of players who I think just need to step up their game a little bit more because I, I think we expect more from Sharon Govich because literally last season we were calling him Sharon Govich and he has no goals in seven games so far and that's a little concerning and but you know I I do want to focus on some of the good because there have been a few players who have stepped up their games big time so let's look at the second line Dawson Mercer, Andreas Janssen and Jesper Brock all of them have been on fire in recent games so when we're looking at like Andreas Janssen he is taken a complete 180 turn so he was able to get a goal in the last game against the Columbus Blue Jackets and then he was able to get two goals albeit one of them was an empty netter goal against the Pittsburgh Penguins but still that's three goals in two games to give you guys some reference last season in 50 games played he only had five goals six assists for a grand total of 11 points this season in seven games played he has four goals two assists for a grand total of six points and he has a plus minus of plus five so you know Andreas Janssen is stepping up his game. In the last five games, he's been doing pretty well, especially these last three or so games because going back to the Calgary Flames game, he was able to get an assist. So Andreas Janssen has been stepping up his game. So, you know, I don't know if he's going to be, you know, the player we rely on in future games. But for right now, we're kind of riding that hot stick from him. And then, you know, let's let's talk about Jesper Brock because we've been riding him kind of hard the last few episodes just because we're expecting a little bit more from Jesper Brock just in terms of his overall production. That's why we kind of moved him down to the bottom six to just see if he could get something going because in the first five or six games, he had nothing but zeros on the board. And through seven games played, you know, like I said, this is very similar to Nico Heizer. He has one goal, two assists for a grand total of three points. But the last game against the Columbus Blue Jackets, he was able to get an assist. And then in the Pittsburgh Penguins game, he was able to get a goal and assist uh, for a grand total of two points. And uh, during that recent stretch of games, he was able to have a plus minus of plus four. So uh, Jesper Brat has been stepping up his game a little bit, and we moved him back to the top six. And that's what we're doing with Sharon Govich right now. We're moving him down to the bottom six just to see if we could get that kind of like just wake-up call for him because nobody is safe in this league because look what the Montreal Canadiens did this morning at the time of this recording. They sent down Cole Caulfield to uh, the AHL program. And we, we were talking about how Caulfield was supposed to be one of the, you know, best uh, young guys for the Montreal Canadiens organization, especially during uh, their respective playoff run just a few months ago. And now he's going to the AHL program to see if he can just like answer the bell or whatever the case might be. So, you know, like I said, no one is safe in this league, especially someone like Sharon Govich, who had a pretty good rookie season last year. And like I said, Sharon Govich is my favorite player on the team. But, you know, in all honesty, I I can't defend him in this case. He has to step up. Otherwise, you know, there's certainly somebody, another winger by the name of Alexander Holtz, 
who definitely will step up his game, especially since he should have uh, gotten a roster spot to begin with to begin the season. But, you know, like I said, we'll focus on that when that time comes. So we've talked about Janssen and we've talked about Brock stepping up their respective games these last few matchups. But we need to talk about the driving force of that line in a moment because first I have to give you guys the first live read this morning and it comes from Direct TV. So does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream and it brings you live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract, so get rid of that clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. Visit their website, directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. And now let's do the second live read this morning, and it comes from Built Bar. So I love Thanksgiving, all the good food and treats and plenty of them, but maybe you want a yummy dessert but isn't so full of calories and sugar. It's a perfect time for Built Bar. Built Bar is the new holiday dessert. Feast on something delicious and feel good about it one slice of pie has upwards of 300 calories and that's on the low end most built bars are only 130 calories and only four grams of sugar with plenty of protein now i did not know that replace the coconut cream pie with coconut built bar or go to a raspberry built bar instead of that raspberry pie lots of good flavors to replace any pie low calorie low carb low fat high protein covered in 100 real chocolate built bar is a great option when you're hungry if thanksgiving isn't come soon enough go for a built bar or two right now share some of your family gatherings it will make things less awkward maybe aunt betty hasn't tried a built bar yet new surprises all months limited flavors arriving at builtbar.com regularly so check the site often there's nothing like a built bar black friday mark your calendar black friday will be a huge event with all sorts of surprises so the offer is go to builtbar.com use the promo code locked 15 you'll get 15 percent off your order again use the promo code locked 15 for 15 percent off at builtbar.com and happy november everybody is now Christmas season well Thanksgiving and Christmas season but anyway getting back to our discussion so let's talk about the driving force of the Janssen and Brat line and that is Mr. Dawson Mercer so Dawson Mercer in seven games has three goals two assists for a grand total of five points and he has a plus minus of plus five so Dawson Mercer what more can we say about him we had high expectations for him coming into this season and right now he is making the most of his opportunity and like I told you guys over Alexander Hall I would have picked Dawson Mercer on any given day of the week, albeit I expected both of them to make the roster, but I said if I had to choose one, I would choose Dawson Mercer, and this is the reason why, because look what he's doing to someone like Andreas Janssen, because, you know, you can argue and say that Janssen has stepped up his game, but, you know, when he was playing for the Toronto Maple Leafs, he was pretty, you know, mediocre at best. Like, his numbers weren't anything spectacular. They were solid, but like I said, nothing spectacular. I literally told you guys Janssen's numbers last season in 50 games played and he is well on pace to break that number wide open. In fact, he might even surpass his total amount of points in the next week or two or the next game or two. I don't know. But, you know, Dawson Mercer, he's just a driving force for that line. And he is the player that's stepping up his game in the absence of Jack Hughes. And he is the player that I think the New Jersey Devils are going to rely on a little bit more. Like I said uh, when Jack Hughes went down, I said it's time to bring Dawson Mercer into the 
top six so that way he could set the tempo for the New Jersey Devils. And look what's happening. You're getting something out of Jesper Brat finally. And then Andreas Janssen is stepping up his game. I said give Andreas Janssen just half a season just to show his worth. And if he's not showing it, then you got to find trade options. But if he's starting to show it, then guess what? You found a diamond in the rough in that trade and all we gave up was a prospect. So the thing about Dawson Mercer is like, like I said, he's doing pretty well. And quite honestly, I tweeted this out last night and right now uh, it seems to be very popular amongst you fans, which is should Dawson Mercer uh, win the Calder Memorial Trophy. Now, it's way too early to call. We're not even a quarter away done with the season. And it looks like Lucas Raymond is the heavy favorite. Uh, Raymond currently plays for the Detroit Red Wings. He had a hat trick just a week or two ago. So, you know, uh, he's going to have some stiff competition. I even uh, asked Nolan Bianche, who is now the former host of Locked On Red Wings. And I said, like, you know, don't sleep on Dawson Mercer. And he responded by saying, look, I'm not sleeping on Dawson Mercer. But the thing is, it's just like, you know, Lucas Raymond is in a class of his own and you know I jokingly said well isn't uh Lucas Raymond and Dawson Mercer technically in the same class since they were both drafted in the 2020 uh, NHL draft of course I was just being an ass and I was just trolling him but at the same time you know it, it doesn't take away from the fact that I'm seeing big things from Dawson Mercer and if he keeps this pace up then guess what he, he might have a legitimate chance of winning the Calder Memorial Trophy. We were talking about Ty Smith. We were talking about Igor Sharangovich potentially winning it, but they were never legitimate threats to win it. So, you know, I think uh, Dawson Mercer has a legitimate chance of actually being in the top three in voting in terms of the Calder Memorial Trophy if everything works out for him because he's got the stats so far and he's got the overall narrative, which is Jack Hughes is going to be out for quite some time. So if, if Dawson Mercer is able to get the best out of Andreas Janssen and Jesper Brat, and if he's able to help keep the Devils afloat, then guess what? I, I don't see any reason why he shouldn't be finishing in the top three or potentially winning it. But the thing is, is like I said, Lucas Raymond, in, in terms of uh, offensive leaders for the rookie board, uh, Raymond leads uh, rookies in points, goals, and also plus minus. So Raymond has uh, nine points, he has four goals, and he has a plus minus of plus five. Dawson Mercer is actually trailing him in plus minus category. So uh, Mercer is actually second. And then uh, Dawson Mercer is also in the top five for most rookies rookie goals this season he is currently ranked in the fifth position so he's got some ground to make up but it's not that much ground to make up if that makes sense so my advice to Mercer is to try to generate more assists now that is way easier said than done because you know once he passes a puck off to someone whether they score or not is totally not up to him and there's nothing he can do about it but if he wants to keep his name in tops of the leaderboard and just keep his name in the running for the Calder Memorial Trophy then he needs to do something to try to get more points. Like I said, it is so early in the season. We're not a quarter of way done with it yet. And I'm just putting out suggestions. But, you know, Dawson Mercer for the Calder Memorial Trophy is not too far-fetched in my opinion. So I think Mercer, uh, once he shows uh, the league what he's capable of doing, thank God we're back to an 82-game season. Thank God we're playing teams in Canada, out west, down south. So that way, all of these writers, these analytics, whoever, uh, you know, does the voting, they can see what Dawson Mercer means to the New Jersey Devils organization and, you know, how he's helping us in the absence of Jack Hughes. And like I said, if he's able to keep the New Jersey Devils afloat and have more games like he was able to do this past weekend, then that Calder Memorial Trophy, it, it, it might not be so set in stone for Lucas Raymond as people might think. 
and who knows we don't know what might happen to Raymond down the season I'm not hoping for an injury I'm not hoping for anything like that but you know maybe he can have a uh, slow bump in the road uh, during the course of the season and then Dawson Mercer happens to be on a hot streak and then Dawson Mercer swipes the trophy away whatever the case might be but like I said this is a big hypothetical I'll do a more full-fledged episode on this once uh, we get more games under our belts once I get a better sense of who Dawson Mercer is as a player because for right now uh, what I see Dawson Mercer as I see him as raw talent I, I as in he still has a lot to prove he's doing the right things but at the same time you know there's a lot of uh, notes to cover there's a lot of more ground to cover there's just a lot of things that are just untapped for Mercer that I just want to see develop before I make a full-blown assessment and like I said it's still very early in the season like uh, I, I, I I can't make an assumption this early because it's it's seven games in guys we haven't even played double digit games yet so I guess my overall assessment for Mercer is just patience and let's just wait until he taps more potential as he gets more games under his belt and let's see how uh, the rest of the season shakes up for the Devils. So over the weekend, the New Jersey Devils were able to collect three out of four potential points. So that's 75%. So I'm not really going to complain about that. It's not the four points we wanted, but we'll take any points that we could get. Because if you missed a game against the Columbus Blue Jackets, we took them into a shootout. And unfortunately, we uh, weren't able to get anything past uh, Corpusalo. So like I said, he was just like the Great Wall of China. He was a man on fire. And uh, Brout had a chance. Uh, Hamilton had a chance. Mercer had a chance. And it looked like all three of them were trying to go through his five hole none of those shots were really impressive so uh you know Corpusala was the hero for the Columbus Blue Jackets in my opinion and then Voracek was able to get the game winning goal in the shootout for uh the Blue Jackets so uh it was just an unlucky game for us and the one thing I want to talk about is Ty Smith because Ty Smith is struggling right now and uh, I think Lindy Ruff is starting to notice that because according to Corey Massasek from The Athletic, he said that Devils head coach Lindy Ruff said he thinks no training camp is catching up to Ty Smith a little, said he needs to make better reads. The tying goal was one player forechecking four guys, should have just been more patient or gone up the wall. So what had happened was that Ty Smith looks like he was trying to make a saucer pass and just clear the zone when Severson was wide open below him. So Ty Smith should have just been more patient. What he ends up doing is just... Uh, giving the puck away over to Jenner. So, like I said, he does a little bit of a saucer pass. It's hit weakly. Jenner's able to knock it on down, go to the faceoff circle towards the right of Wedgwood, let a shot go, and then Ty Smith tried to dive onto his stomach to go into the crouch block. I don't know what he was trying to do. He was just trying to do whatever it took to just prevent Jenner from tying the game, and then Jenner was able to score on Wedgwood and that's another thing I want to say which is like you know when you're saying that Wedgwood is bad you know it's plays like that that don't really help Wedgwood's case and keep in mind the Devils also gave up a power play goal early on in the game and that doesn't help things either because you you know that I'm very hesitant about blaming goalies for uh, letting up power play goals because it's the devil's fault for not clearing the puck and they just let the Columbus Blue Jackets pass the puck around. I sound like a broken record every time I say uh, of you know of something bad about the devil's power play because it's not good and something like that was just not well enough executed and going back to my main point Ty Smith is just struggling right now and you know that game tying goal by Jenner really showed the struggles from Ty Smith and I said it a few episodes ago I said Ty Smith is making his quote-unquote triumphant return last week or, or somewhere around that time frame I said 
be patient with Ty Smith because it's going to take a minute before he gets his hockey legs underneath them because the proof is in the pudding with Ty Smith's struggles because according to Alex Chavansi of the Hockey Writers, uh, Smith finished with a Corsi 4 percentage about 35%, second lowest on the Devils, and expected goals percentage of 26.6%, which is the lowest on the team. So Ty Smith is right now feeling the struggle right now. He's feeling the burn. And uh, I think Lindy Ruff is starting to see that. So, you know, should we make Ty Smith a healthy scratch until, you know, he gets more practice time, more film time, whatever the case might be? I honestly wouldn't be opposed to that, maybe just for one game, because right now Ty Smith isn't playing like the top four defensemen that we need. He isn't playing like uh, one of the players who was in the running for the Calder Memorial Trophy last season, because I believe he finished in the top 10 in voting. I forgot where he finished specifically. I think he finished either in the ninth or seventh position but he's not the player that he once was last year and I get that he was dealing with injury I get that he missed scrimmages he missed training camp and he missed all sorts of stuff to help prepare him for the season but for right now it might seem like it's in our best interest to just like sit him out for a game so that way he can just observe it be a student of the game so that way he could get his hockey legs underneath them I get some of you might not agree with me in that regards but you know like I said about Sharon Govich earlier Ty Smith hasn't earned his stripes in the NHL quite yet and anything can happen anything can change and right now like Lindy Ruff said at the beginning of the year Ruff is taking no prisoners like if you're not performing up to par he will have no problem moving you down or you know end up benching you and quite honestly, that might be our best interest right now. Like I said, it might not be the popular opinion because Ty Smith is, you know, we, we know what he's capable of doing. But for right now, he might need to be a healthy scratch until he can show that he's back to what he once was last season. Because right now, he's one of our bottom four defensemen. He's on the third defensive line pairing with Damon Severson. He made a costly error that makes Scott Wedgwood look bad. And quite honestly, it could have gotten us the full four points for that weekend. We're just going to have to settle with three out of of four but like I said that's not bad but you know these points do add up towards the end of the year so for right now uh for the Devils in our next game against the uh Ducks I'm expecting uh for us to just look for Dawson Mercer to make something out of it look for Dougie Hamilton because Dougie Hamilton has been playing elite I take back what I said in the last few or so episodes saying that Dougie Hamilton has kind of fallen under the radar I take that back I was wrong I will put up my hand in the air and admit that I was wrong and Dougie Hamilton showed me uh over the weekend why he is worth the seven-year contract so for right now for the New Jersey Devils you need to take it game by game and you need to look for Dawson Mercer you need to make drastic changes by possibly benching Ty Smith for a game I know that's not the popular opinion but that might be in your best interest so my overall opinion for uh us going up against the Ducks is just like you know uh, we just need to play like how we played the, the past uh, weekend, and we just need to know that not everything is going to go our way. And when looking at the Ducks' overall record, right now they are fourth in the Pacific Division, and they have a record of three, four, and three. So not exactly a team that you fear, and the Pacific Division is not really you know, that good. Like right now, the, the teams that are performing up to par are the Flames, Oilers, and Sharks. That's it. We know the Canucks are struggling. The Kraken are struggling. Kings, Golden Knights, Ducks. So uh, th this is a game where you, you could bench Ty Smith. This is a game where you could make drastic measures because this is one of those games that you can test the waters. 
in my opinion. Because if you want to bring up Alexander Holtz from the AHL and just see what he could potentially do against the um, not-so-mighty Ducks, like I said, I'm just putting out suggestions here. But that's my overall assessment for us going up against the Ducks. That's what's leading us into this game against the Ducks because I gave you guys the overall assessment of who's been struggling, who did well, who's been stepping up their game, who needs to step up their game. And I was basically all over the board and just giving you guys that overall assessment of what to look out for. So my overall prediction for the New Jersey Devils, I'm not going to say if they're going to win or lose because I'm going to like retire that for about a game or two before I get a better assessment of what we're uh, potentially capable of doing because I'm seeing a lot of changes going on so far. But I will say that I expect good things for the Devils against the Ducks and I expect you know, Sharon Govich should get his first goal this season. If not this game, then the next game. Guaranteed. The next couple of games, I expect Sharon Govich to score his first goal this season. And I'm putting that out there for everyone to hear, for the hundreds of people who download this episode. That is my assessment and that is my prediction. So let me know what you guys think about the New Jersey Devils so far this season. And let me know what your thoughts are going into the game against the Ducks. As for today, that's all the time I have for you guys right now. Continue to stay safe and have a wonderful day, New Jersey. Go Devils. And I will catch you guys in the next episode. Not looking forward to recording an episode at 1 in the morning. But like I said, that's what you got to do for these specific times. So uh, I will see you guys in the next episode. It's going to be a late night recording session tomorrow. Thanks for listening, everybody.